Last week, uh, Pastor Nikki introduced or hopefully reintroduced us to the Wesley Covenant Prayer. This was a prayer that John and Charles Wesley worked on and really kind of articulated a lot of their theology, um, especially as we remember, as we remember who we are, as we remember why we are here, as we remember what our purpose is, and most importantly, as we remember who calls us, not just who calls us as United Methodists, um, but who calls us as disciples, who calls us as God's creation. And Wesley believed that uh, praying this prayer helped us to remember Jesus's invitation about how we not just focus on ourselves because it's not about me. And that can be hard to hear. It can be hard to hear, especially if we don't frame that in the right point of view and in the right spirit. We can easily say it's not about me when we use that phrase uh, really to get something that we want and to say to the other crowd, you need to give me what I'm asking for. Because remember, it's not about you. It's about something bigger. When we use that phrase to get what we want and kind of exploit that idea or even more importantly, that theology about how we are to give ourselves to Christ. So then, of course, you need to give what you have to us, i.e. the church, because remember, it's not about me. And it's really hard to hear that it's not about me when we are the ones who are in need. And maybe we try in a humble way to share that we are in need. And we might hear this theology about how we, well, we need to stop focusing so inwardly. We need to focus outwardly. And really when we use that theology about how we're not supposed to give in to our needs, but we really need to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps because our needs are not important. So it is important to understand exactly what we mean when we say it's not about me. So perhaps a place to start is to say that it is not ultimately about me because it does not end with me and it did not begin with me. But where do I fit somewhere in the middle? Where do I fit in the in between? Because somewhere in that in between, we have been created and we have been called. And it's not about me. But it is about us. And it is ultimately about God, but a God who gives. And so that same day, Jesus went out of the house and he sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got out into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things, including a parable saying, listen, A sower went out to sow. And as that sower sowed, some of the seeds fell on dry earth, on a path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where there was not much soil, and they sprang up quickly since they had no depth. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell on thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. But other seeds fell on good soil, and those seeds brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. 
Let anyone with ears listen. Personally, I never really thought about the title of this parable because many times I was really just kind of focused on, on the seeds and where the seeds were going and what the seeds were doing. It wasn't until seminary that my Hebrew Bible professor preached at one of our chapel services and he came out with this bag and he just started throwing seeds on the floor of the chapel. And it was then that I really understood it wasn't just about the seeds, but more importantly, certainly in the beginning, it's about the sower. A sower who is wise enough to know at least biologically, physically, that throwing seeds on thorny grounds or dry earth or scorched flooring, that's probably not going to yield much uh, durable harvest. But this is a different kind of sower. It's a sower who is so loving and is so generous that the seeds are spread everywhere in a theology, in an embodiment of abundance and generosity. The seeds go everywhere because the bag is full enough for the seeds to go anywhere. And we might say, well, that's all well and good, but I mean, in reality, those seeds won't grow there. And I think the sower might say to us, they might not, but they might. And what if they do? That's the radical love of a sower who sows in the kingdom of God. Because the reality is it's not our job to determine where the seeds go. It is not our job to determine what the seeds are supposed to do or if we think that the seeds are worthy. Because it's not about me. It's first and foremost about the sower. And the sower's generosity. Some of you probably know the story or the parable of the starfish. You know, this guy is walking down the beach and he sees this little kid um, picking up starfish off of, the, off of the sand and throwing them back into the ocean. But there's thousands of these starfish, thousands of starfish that have been washed up. And he watches for a while this little boy pick up. Pick them up one by one, throw them into the ocean, and finally he can't take it anymore. And he says to the kid, you know, there are thousands of these starfish. How do you expect to save them all? You, you can't. It's physically impossible. What difference do you think you're going to make just throwing them out one by one? You can't possibly make a difference. And this little boy listens very patiently, and he thinks about it. And then he picks up another starfish. And he throws it in the ocean. And he watches out there for a moment. And then he looks at the man and he says, to that one, I made a difference. Now, I've been in the midst of debates about whether or not this is actually a decent story. In fact, I've even heard clergy, pastors say, you know what? That kid actually is nuts. It doesn't make a difference. And I think, you know, I, I guess realistically, it probably doesn't. But then I think, well, why didn't the grown-up join him? Why don't we join him 
Because if it truly makes a difference, maybe we can be a part of that ministry. Maybe we can be a part of that kingdom. What if we joined in because it's not about me? Or we might say, you know, we're spreading way too many seeds. We've got way too much going on. It costs too much resources. We're being spread too thin. We need to we, we, we need to save some. We need to save some for a rainy day. We need to save some for just what might happen. And what, and what if we need those seeds? So what does it mean as First United Methodist Church of Lakeland in the Florida Conference? Or more importantly, what does it mean as a follower of Christ for us to live and embody and work and practice in a ministry or especially a theology of scarcity? Or are we going to be a people who live in a kingdom of abundance? So that when someone says, well, you know, you're spreading too much or it's does, it's not going to make a difference. Our response is, well, to this one, it did make a difference. What if you joined us? Or what about when we are the starfish? And we're sitting on that hot desert sand and we're dehydrated and starving and alone and wondering, when is someone going to pick me up? When is someone going to notice me? And what if what we hear in the background is, you know what, we're spread too thin as it is. We have too much going on. We can't help everyone. There's no way we can make a difference. Or in those times when we feel like we need to come out of this dark bag. We finally need help being taken out of this dark bag and exposed to the light. Put on the ground where we are supposed to be. When do we feel like we are spread on that good soil? Or when do we feel like we have been placed on the scorched earth? Or are there times when we feel like we deserve to be placed on that scorched earth? In the midst of a generous sower who spreads seeds all over the place, do we find ourselves asking, am I worthy? Am I worthy to be taken out and placed among the others? In a modern retelling of this parable, after Jesus tells his story, one of the listeners says, so if you're the farmer, what are the seeds? And Jesus says, love. Because it's not just the sower, but it is the seeds in that sower's bag going on to the scorched earth, going amongst the rocks, going amongst the thorns, going into those cracks, which reminds us that God is in all places. God is in all places. God is in the cracks and it is through those cracks that God's light shines. 
Put me to doing, Wesley prays. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you or laid aside for you, exalted for you or brought low for you. Why? Because God is in all of those places. God is in the place of exaltation. God is in the place of celebration. But God is also in the doing, in the suffering. God is as much in the suffering as God is in the exalting. God is as much in the employment as God is in the loneliness. God is there and thus it is not about me. It is about us. It is about Emmanuel, God with us. I know I've shared this story before, but uh, there's a... German theologian by the name of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was part of the failed attempt to assassinate Hitler back during the times of World War II. And when Bonhoeffer was caught, he was imprisoned along with his associates. And in the midst of that time in prison, he would still act out his responsibility, his ministry as a pastor, as a person of Christ. And part of doing that, he would share communion. Now, as you can imagine, they didn't have much in prison. Most of the guards made sure that they, in fact, had nothing. And yet, Bonhoeffer would still share communion with anyone who wished to receive. Most days, they didn't have bread. Most days, they didn't have anything to drink. Some days, they didn't even have plates. But the one thing that they did have were the actions And that's what Bonhoeffer would do to administer the sacraments. They would continue to pass the bread of Jesus Christ, regardless of the fact that there was physical bread. Because as we know, it's not about the bread. It's not about the cup. It is about the sharing. For God is in the bread, but God is also in the lack of bread. And it is in that crack that God's light shines. Where do we find ourselves this day? Do we find ourselves in good soil, feeling strong and sturdy and ready to grow and ready to give? Or do we find ourselves in those thorny patches? In the scorched earth, famished, thirsty, needing someone to hear us and pick us up. Wherever we find ourselves, God is present. And it is in those cracks that God's light shines. This is what we mean when we pray a prayer of recovenanting, of coming back to each other, of coming back to ourselves, of coming back to God, a God who is in all places. So may we see God in all of those places, in those seasons of life. Some of them will be much more celebratory than others. But it means that we are never alone. And so for some of you, I had a chance to hand out this prayer. For others of you, it will be on screen. If there's a way for us to put this prayer on the main screen for our friends who are worshiping with us online so that they can read it, that would be helpful. If you're not able to see the words or if you're not able to read with us, I just invite you simply to hear the words.
to hear how it is that God is in all of our midst, no matter what season of life we might find ourselves, so that we can be a part of who God is and what God is doing. Let us pray together. I am no longer my own, but thine. Put me to what thou wilt. Rank me with whom thou wilt. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for thee or laid aside for thee. Exalted for thee or brought low for thee. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thou art mine and I am thine. So be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. As we go out, may we remember that in all places, God is there. You go out as the seeds of Jesus Christ. And sometimes we may feel dry and parched and not worth very much. But know that as you go out, you come out of a bag of generosity that goes and shares God's love with the world. We have just experienced that here at the table. So as we have received those elements, may we go out and be those elements to others who need to know the story of Jesus Christ. A story that says all are welcome, all are loved, all are worthy. And that includes you. So may we go in that abundance. May we go in that generosity. May we go in that love. May we go in that peace. Amen.